You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast, where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing, funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett, and I am your host. And today I have with me Nina Rasteri. Nina is the founder of Mom Agenda and the author of Overcoming the Mom Life Crisis. Nina says, giving yourself what you want and need allows you to share more of your joy and purpose with others. Loving yourself makes you better at everything in life, and it makes you a better mom. Nina says, I was a wife, a mom of four young kids, and a successful entrepreneur. Despite, quote, having it all, happiness eluded me. And I realized that many moms like me were feeling the same way. Desperate for answers, Nina embarked upon a 10-year journey that led her to unexpected places, including a pole dancing studio (laughs) for peace and solace. She emerged from that journey realizing she deserved more than what she was giving herself and realizing that a mom can both take care of her kids and take care of herself. Groundbreaking. Nina's mission in life is to help women overcome the mom life crisis, to go from being busy moms trying to do it all to being happier, more fulfilled individuals who love and take care of themselves, who do what makes them feel most alive, and who are creating a life that they love every day. Nina, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Joanne. Absolutely. Fill in the blanks. What did I miss about who you are and what you do? Well, those are the two things I do. I'm, I'm the president and founder of Mom Agenda and the author of Overcoming the Mom Life Crisis. And I'm also a mom. I have four kids, and they are 25, 22, 21, and 17. Wow. And I live in Connecticut. Only one of my kids is still home with me, but I still feel like a busy mom all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Because my kids are 15 and 17, I've got some serious questions for you because we're going through some stuff that, whoo, it's it's challenging. If we have time at the end, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit <laughs> as a more experienced mom than I am. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Well, tell me all about your book, when it came out, what made you write it, and what the readers can get from it. The book just came out about two weeks ago, and I wrote it because I went through this process myself where starting probably 10 or so years ago, I realized I was having my own mom life crisis. Mm. I had four young kids. I was running a company. I was struggling as a mom. I was struggling in my marriage. And I was really just struggling to be happy. And it was crazy because I had a really good, on the surface, a very good life. Mm-hmm. So it just led me on this journey where I consulted many different therapists and coaches and, you know, all sorts of different modalities to kind of figure out. I read like every self help book, (laughs) just trying to figure like what is wrong with me and how can I fix it? And the book outlines what I learned. Awesome. Really, I was doing everything wrong. You know, we are trained societally as moms to put ourselves last. And that is a big mistake. And that's kind of what I learned. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning that lesson little by little sort of trial and error. But if a more experienced mom had laid that out in front of me when my kids were young, or even when I was pregnant, I think it would have been so helpful. So I'm excited to see your book and in the hands of moms. Maybe you can help them to sort of prevent their mom life crisis instead of figuring out how to deal with it slowly over time. I learned a lesson that 
I think I never would have learned had this not happened. I had a just a stomach bug for a few days and I was totally down for the count. My husband had to do everything. He was working, making meals, arranging for the kids to have rides places and everything. And at the end of it, I felt like, oh my gosh, my family still loves me and values me. I sat here like a bump on a log for three straight days and did nothing for no one. And I still matter. And it was like, <laughs> okay, I was shocked and ashamed that I even had that thought. Like, really, Joanne, you thought you only mattered because of what you could do for people? That's so sad. And that's just a small part of, I think, what we put ourselves through as moms. Yeah, it's eye-opening, right? Yeah, it is. Well, let's get to know you a little better with your rapid-fire questions. What is your love language? Uh, um, well, my my real love language is quality time, but I always say my love language is baked goods because I'm constantly... <laughs> baking for my children. I try to lure them home with baked goods. I ship them baked goods. I'm constantly baking for my children. Okay. As a mom who's getting ready to have kids in college, what kind of baked goods ship the best? Well, uh, one thing I've learned is that whatever you ship, it's in how you package it. Mm, Like mm -hmm. if you bake cookies, you have to wrap each cookie individually and then put it in the Tupperware. That is gold right there. That's gold. Because I remember when we were young and we used to live across the country from a lot of our family, we would bake cookies and send them. And then my aunt told me one year, many years later, oh, yeah, those were always all just totally stale and broken up. And except this one kind that, yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we put so much work into that. Like, (laughs) She should have kept her mouth shut. She was a saint like it is kind of a gal. But (laughs) she did tell me that the toffee bars, which were one of my easiest things to make, really traveled well. So that's good to know. Actually, you guys, I'll link the toffee bar recipe in the show notes. I wrote an article about it, how to have the easiest, most popular dessert at any given party. You feel like you cheated. It's four or five ingredients and it's super fast. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to make it. Thank you. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's like crackers and chocolate and brown sugar and butter and nuts. What could be better than those Uh-oh. ingredients, right? <laughs> totally. Okay, what movie line gets quoted most in your house? Oh, it's a movie line from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's so cute. It was my youngest son's favorite movie when he was little. Jack Black's character is doing something awesome and someone says to him, "You're so awesome." And attractive. (laughs) She says, how can we repay you? And he says, there is no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. (laughs) We say it all the time. I love it. Okay, what's your strangest family tradition? So this one's pretty strange. So I am divorced, but very, very amicably divorced. So every Sunday, I get together for dinner with my kids, my ex, my ex's wife, my ex's wife's kids. At one point, my ex's wife's ex would also come. <laughs> oh and of gosh. course, my boyfriend comes too. So we have a big blended family that gets together oh. for dinner every Sunday night. I love it so much. As a family that just started the family dinner tradition about a year before the pandemic hit, we all missed it so much when we had to stop doing it. And we are kind of like, everyone pile in so I can picture that. And what a gift you're giving to your kids to allow them to see you guys model those mature, complicated adult relationships and just do it anyway. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It works. It works for us. Wow. Okay. What is your superpower? Uh, Parallel parking. (laughs) Really? (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't I can't mess one. it up. I can't get it wrong. I just feel it. It's it's like incredible and I brag about it all the time. And my kids are like, shut up, mom. We don't care. You're like, it's an inborn skill that cannot be transmitted. <laughs> Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to demonstrate how sharing our not-so-fancy moments with each other can help us to forge connection. So what do you have for us today? What is your not-so-fancy moment? This is super ironic because I literally own a day planner company. <laughs> I am so bad with calendar stuff and... um <laughs> you know, like going to things at the right time. So I actually once went to book club on the wrong night. Oh, no. That's my worst nightmare. Like (laughs) both when I'm hosting and when I'm going to something like that, I'm like, I I check my calendar five times, especially if you're like in costume or something. (laughs) Walk us through it. How did it go down? Who was hosting and what happened? Thank God it was a very close friend of mine hosting. You know, I showered, I put my makeup on, I was all excited. It was my one night out that week. I went to Shannon's house and she's like, hi. She lets me in. To what do I owe the honor of your presence? She didn't ask. She was just like, oh, hi. And she let me in and I thought, okay, great. I'm the first one at book club. So we sit down. She's like, do you want a glass of wine? I'm like, Sure. She pours me a glass of wine and we just start making small talk. And finally, after half an hour, uh, I had finished my glass of wine and I was kind of wondering where everyone else was. So I said, where's everyone else? And Shannon said, oh my God, Nina, book club is tomorrow. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, you just let me sit here and drink a glass of wine with you. She's like, oh, I thought you were just popping in for a visit. Oh, that's so cute. She's like, well, I got you all to myself. This was amazing. (laughs) Thank God she's such a good friend. If it were anyone else. Oh, no. Oh, Lordy. Oh, I used to be in a bunco group and we rotated hosting. So the first time I hosted it, I was super nervous and I didn't even know everybody's names yet. And I remember this one gal rang the doorbell like 10 minutes early and I'm an introvert. So it's a real push, like a real stretch for me to entertain anyway. And I do find and I really enjoy it, but it's very draining for me. So I wasn't like quite mentally prepared when the doorbell rang 10 minutes early and I didn't know the gal's name. And I was just like, kill me now. This is so awkward. Oh Oh my gosh. As a fellow introvert, that is my worst nightmare. I I totally feel your pain. (laughs) Thank you. have another giveaway, you guys. This episode is brought to you by the movie The Mauritanian. Yours to own now on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. Academy Award winner Jodie Foster, Tahar Rahim, Shailene Woodley, and Academy Award nominee Benedict Cumberbatch star in The Mauritanian, the riveting and emotionally compelling true story of courage and survival against all odds. Based on the New York Times bestseller, Bring home the critically acclaimed film filled with all-new exclusive bonus content, including an alternate opening, never-before-seen deleted scenes, and much more. Own The Mauritanian now on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD. You can enter to win your own DVD of The Mauritanian, which will be sent to you by me through joining the Fancy Free Tribe mailing list. Go to FancyFreePodcast.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, and join our mailing list. I send a monthly newsletter at most. You will never be spammed by me. 
I think it's wrong, and also I'm way too lazy. Um, but these are physical discs. So if you'd like to enter to win, simply join the mailing list. I will randomly choose four winners from the new entrants as well as the current newsletter members. And then I will email each of the winners to collect mailing addresses for the physical discs. And I'll also send you some other fun little fancy free tokens as well. very interested to hear about your day planner company. I was so focused on your book that we skimmed over that and I want to go back. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? Sure. So I started it back in 2005. The kids were seven, five, three, and one at the time. Oh my gosh. I know. What was I thinking? But I, I, I think I really needed to get out of the house, you know? So. You probably needed something that was sort of about you instead of just all about the kids, right? Yeah, it was probably my first step in terms of kind of being me again after having mm-hmm. four kids. I needed to get out and do something for myself. So I created this planner. As I said, I was very bad at managing my schedule, managing my calendar. I was always missing things. Like I told you, I went to book club the wrong night, you know. <laughs> But this was like a regular thing, stuff like that happening. So I developed a calendar system for myself where the weekly view had space for mom and it also had separate spaces for four kids. So I have my activities at the top of the page and then my kids' activities separate from mine. And it took me about nine months to develop it, find a manufacturer, make it look pretty, And I launched it at the National Stationery Show in New York City in May of 2005. And I kind of thought we were going to sell a few day planners and then I would go home and sell the rest at the PTA, Mom's (laughs) Night Out, you know. But we actually sold out of all our inventory, 6,000 planners in three days. Wow. And I was like, what just happened? (laughs) That is so exciting. That's like entrepreneurship 101, right? But you never know if it's really going to work. Like you identified a problem, you came up with a unique product that solved your problem that you wanted to use, and then you put it out there and people were like, heck yes. That's so exciting. I was very lucky that people, you know, that's the that's the trick, right? Are people going to respond to it? And you never know. Proof of concept is a very scary thing because If you work too hard to get proof of concept before you put your product out there, you know somebody could beat you to it because people have their systems up and running. But if you go through a big investment without proof of concept, it's so risky. It's so risky. And, you know, I came from an advertising marketing background, so Mm, I did a lot of upfront um, research. But the truth is, and I see this in my business all the time, you can focus group the out of a product, mm-hmm. you don't know if people are going to buy it until it's for sale. You know, like they that they could so tell you all day long they're going to buy it, but until it's actually on your website, you really don't know because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. One of my mentors told me you really shouldn't spend a ton of time focus grouping people on products that aren't available. What you need to do is spend your time seeing what they're already spending their money on around that product type and then what ways do they wish it was improved. And I was like, "Ooh, that's really smart. Um, I should have done that, but I didn't. (laughs) 
<laughs> but like <laughs> from now on, I will. But uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're so right because, especially if you're focus grouping people who have a you know skin in the game re- regarding your feelings or your intentions, they're going to yep. be like, oh, that's a great idea, you know, and they don't mean to be shining you on. They don't know that they're doing that, but they are in a way. Absolutely. You know, and maybe, and when so, it comes yeah. down to it, they can like it. They can love it. That doesn't mean they want to spend $50 on it. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, what's going to make the cash registers ring? And that's yeah. really the key. So I knew people would like it. I did not know if people would actually buy it. And they did. So I was very lucky. When my kids were about the age your kids were when you came up with that product, I transferred to an electronic calendar. I never was as organized and I have finally gone back to a paper planner. Oh, good. It just depends on the way you process information. For me, I'm super visual and I need to be able to picture it in my head, you know, all written out. So what happened after you sold your 6,000 planners in three days? You went home and manufactured more or you were like, uh, wow, what just happened or how (laughs) all the above? (laughs) First, I had a massive anxiety attack and then I, (sighs) then I got to work. You know, I didn't know what to do. I was pretty overwhelmed at first because I didn't dare hope that we would do that well. And therefore, I wasn't prepared. So it was definitely a learning curve. And I just started kind of taking baby steps each day, you know, doing a little, little bit of work each day. I did produce more planners. And about six months later, Real Simple featured the original mom agenda in their gift guide, <gasps> and which was Watch. awesome. I love Real Simple. That's amazing. Whew. Oh, it was it was like the Holy Bible at that time for me anyway. But you have to be prepared for something like that. It's all so up to timing because if you promote something that you can't fulfill orders on, it's like you might as well have done nothing. Correct. Because oh. then it's all for a waste. And then and then what happened after Real Simple is about two weeks later, it was early December. I was sitting at my desk and I get an email saying I just saw your product on the Today Show. I was like, what? (gasps) Wow. It turned out that the editor of Real Simple went on the Today Show and she had all the products from the gift guide. It was 50 products. And it was just a stroke of luck that Katie Couric picked up the mom agenda and said, this helps moms get organized on national television. Like, I, I went into the back end of my website. It looked like we had been hacked. It was just lit up like a Christmas tree. And after that, we were in business. Off and running. Oh, my god, That was it. That's so amazing. That's the kind of thing that you could try so hard for 10 years to manufacture a moment like that and never succeed. We got so lucky. That's awesome. But you know what? Your product was worthy of it. That's the thing. It's not just luck. I mean, you have to have product and you have to have customer service to back up the luck or else it's a flash in the pan, you know? Well, fortunately, by that six-month point, we had built the infrastructure that we could fulfill all the orders. Thank Mm. goodness. Oh, that's Um, amazing. I love the timing. I just, it makes me so giddy for you almost. And I know that was a long time ago and and, and you're over it, but I'm not because I'm just hearing about it. So that's (laughs) (laughs) so exciting for you. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, that's amazing. So it's okay. So you are someone who has successfully raised four amazing children and built a company from the ground up. I think you have some authority when it comes to how to 
navigate the mom life. So what a great idea for you to write that book. You So you just kind of embarked upon your own journey. So you have this stationary company going. You've got all these kids at home. And suddenly you're like, wow, I'm successful. I have fabulous children. On paper, my life is so amazing. On beautiful stationary paper in a planner, my life is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and And yet I don't feel fulfilled. How can I go about improving upon this? And so all the lessons you learn from that point forward are kind of boiled down and condensed in your book. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. Yes. Uh, that's awesome. I love it. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. So now, listeners, pardon me while I pick Nina's brain just a minute, because my kids are 15 and 17. They're both girls. And you know, when you send your kids off to preschool for the first time, you realize you're wearing your heart on the outside of your body. Mm -hmm. And that feeling never goes away. I know this. But we're into a new phase where I feel like my heart is getting bludgeoned a bit by my girls' romantic lives. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought I was going to bring more perspective and maturity to it than I am. I almost feel like my skin's transparent or something. Like mm. if there's a boy that one of my girls is interested in and then, you know, they hear through the grapevine that he's like, oh, brother, she's interested in me, but I don't like her like that. It just hurts me. You know, I mean, it might just be a phase for us. My first daughter had a really nice boyfriend for a whole year and I felt like I was really, you know, able to give her 30,000 foot elevation perspective on it and be really mature about it. But for some reason, it's just now that he he broke her heart and we went through that. And then more recently, she's just been fine. She hasn't been dating. She's been just playing softball and working and being in school and just doing really well. But then this whole prom thing came up. And I don't know. I just I, I've been telling my husband the last few days, like, I can't go on like this. <laughs> like I have to figure <laughs> out I've got to figure out how to protect my heart from the emotional ups and downs that the kids are. And my husband's just like, I don't get it because he's a thinker, not a feeler so much, you know. Yeah. So I've heard that, oh, it'll be really hard because the problem is that when your kids bring boyfriends home or girlfriends or whatever, that you kind of get really attached to them. So then when that relationship breaks up, it hurts. And 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 yes, I can see that. But for me, it's not that as much as it is like I just... I don't want my kids to to be rejected and I don't want to see them have an unrequited longing, you know? Help help I a do. girl out. <sighs> I do. It's unbearable. Mm -hmm. I know. It's unbearable. I have no solution for you. I I feel it too. Well, you know what? Just knowing that I'm not alone because my husband's like, I don't get it. Like, get over it. This is this is just the beginning cuz you know, and I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> okay, so you feel it. Okay, thank you. I'll tell you a story from when my kids were younger and I was really struggling with my oldest child. I had a friend who was babysitting. She's old, she's an older woman, a mother of 8. And she wow. was taking care of one of Andrew's friends. So we we would chit-chat at preschool and stuff like that. And she said to me once, if I had known how much I was going to worry, I wouldn't have had eight. <sighs> and I was like, you still worry? And she's, she kind of laughed. She's like, oh, yeah. And at the time, her oldest was like 50. Oh, she's like, <laughs> She's like, I... That's what I mean. Like, if I had known how much I was going to worry my entire life, you know, and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is never going to end. 
You're like, you know, I'm like, screwed. <laughs> I'm screwed. I, I, maybe I need to start drinking more. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't drink very no. much, but I, I, I don't have a solution. And I wish I did. With my kids, there have been various heartbreaks and my heart breaks with them mm-hmm. every time. And I, I don't know what to do about it. I feel like in general, I'm a pretty emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent person. Because for one thing, it's just interesting to me, like, you know, self-development and psychology and those things have always been really interesting to me. And I tell you, I started off really well. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I feel like I was giving like good advice and not too much advice and just kind of there for her and listening. And, And my younger daughter was, you know, watching her big sister have a really nice boyfriend. And then she was like, oh, that would be so nice, you know? And so we're kind of navigating that. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to slap his mother. Like, I got some, <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know what else to do. Like, I, I, I'm going to slap his mother. I, I mean, of course it's not her fault, but what else can I have? I, mean, I can't slap him. You know, it's like I got really immature about it all of a sudden and I just haven't gotten over it. But I think hopefully I it's, hopefully it waxes and wanes because I always have known that being a mom has brought the fiercest and most tender love into my life. I would say the love of my life is my husband. Always has been, always will be. But you're definitely more vulnerable when it comes to loving your children. And I can I can relate to that gal who has eight kids in there that are all grown up and probably grandparents of their own, some of them, and just still worrying every day because you just it's like my well-being is hinging upon their well-being. And that's such a vulnerable place to be because they're in that really rocky. I mean, their lives are going to probably get more stable and less rocky, but not for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And as, as they get older, the stakes are higher. Um, mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. you think you're going to worry less, but I've found that I worry more, unfortunately. Oh <laughs> So did your older ones go away for college? Did they not go to college? What what did that look like for you when they started getting out of the, growing up and leaving the nest? They they all went away to college. My youngest is still in high school and I will tell you that dropping them off at college is eerily similar to dropping them off at kindergarten. Oh. Mm-hmm. Where it's that feeling of oh my gosh, like this is one more step uh away from me. And it's it's beautiful and fun and awesome, and you're so happy for them that, and it's so exciting for them. But you're yeah. sad for you, so it's bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. One of the other things that we're we're getting ready to do is my oldest daughter, who's going to be a senior next year in high school, has a buddy she's known since he was nine, and he's going to come spend his senior year here in Montana with us. We're from Nevada, and he came here this last weekend to visit and. Um, he's visited every year since we moved away. And before that, you know, I was pretty familiar with him. He was a really, really good friend of my daughter's always. But I thought to myself, okay, this is something I hadn't anticipated. We've talked about having him come for a long time. We've talked all about the ups and downs and ins and outs. And I even spoke to a social worker about what can I expect. And she said, you know, there's going to be a honeymoon period. And then there'll be a period where all of you are like, why the heck did we do this? And then it'll kind of iron out. And I'm ready for all that. But what I wasn't ready for was... And I just realized that this weekend, I'm going to get attached to him and then he's going to leave. Yeah. And I mean, I'm already super attached to my own children, obviously. And I know that they will leave, but I know they'll always return. But Michael won't necessarily. And it's just, I don't know, it's just a, 
man, this adulting thing, not for the faint at heart, not for wusses. It's it's not for sissies, that's for sure. Yeah, crazy. I've had kids come stay with us and I, I can get over... I can get over that. Uh, it's it's just the, my kids. It's mm-hmm. my and you know they come back, but something changes, and right. you know you that that feeling where you drop them off at kindergarten, and then you drop them off at college, and the next one is when you drop them off at their first place after college, mm-hmm. and then when they come quote home, they're actually visiting and not coming home. Ugh. Correct. And they start correcting you when you say home and they're like, mom, my home is in New York City. Mm. And you want to smack them across the face. (laughs) You're like, I would slap your mother, but I am your mother. (laughs) Exactly. Oh boy. Okay. Well, the only way out is through, right? And I wouldn't want it any other way. I, I love my kids. And if they create pain for me every day, the rest of my life, they will have been worth it. But I'm like trying to figure out how to brace myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so much joy. Hopefully the the pain is the smaller part. Like there's there's so much good, you know? Oh, isn't it incredible? I always wanted to be a parent my whole life. And so I knew it was going to be wonderful. And it has caught me by surprise at every turn. I'm like, my kids are such cool people. <laughs> like I really, sometimes I w- get really mad. Don't get me wrong. They're not perfect. But they're just such neat individuals. I really like them, you know? Isn't that a great feeling when you it like is. them as well as love them? I feel the same mm-hmm. way about my kids. I'm yeah. so psyched about that. Yeah. I feel like as they become adults, we're going to be friends, not just mm-hmm. parent child. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. And I, I can see that w- with my parents. So we, we've they've paved the way. All right. Well, I could probably talk to you all day long, but I will not going to keep you for any longer. Nina, tell my listeners all the places where they can find you and more about you and what you do. Okay. Thank you. So Mom Agenda, you can find at momagenda.com. And my book is called Overcoming the Mom Life Crisis, and it's available wherever books are sold. And you can follow us on Instagram at momagenda, or you can follow my author Instagram at nina.restiri. All right. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being with me. And I didn't realize that I was <laughs> going to ask you to do a counseling session with me, but I really appreciate that too. Oh, anytime, Joanne. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are such an amazing person. I just, I just really appreciate you spending these moments with us. And I wish you Thank all you. the best with your mom agenda and with your book. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast today. I had such a great conversation with Nina. She is an inspiration to me for sure. Make sure to check out the show notes for today's episode at fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 107 to get all the links we discussed so that you can learn more about Nina and her product and her book. Remember to follow the podcast wherever you're listening so that new episodes pop into your feed each week. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. The question of the week this week is for any of you who have older kids, how are you tolerating their romantic heartbreak and their emotional ups and downs as their mom? I would love it if you'd follow the Fancy Free Podcast on Instagram. And also, if you would tell a girlfriend about the show, I would love that. We'd love to increase our listenership. Have a great week and remember... 
no one is as fancy as they look.